Good evening from Plug Hit Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 466 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for April 23rd, 2017, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. This week, another pre-order doesn't deliver a product, Facebook F8 doesn't deliver much excitement, and iHeartMedia might not deliver content next year. Uh, wherever you are and however you happen to be joining us, thank you for making us part of your day, whether it be um, Facebook, iTunes, the podcast play app in the Windows Store, um, our homes on Livestream, Stitcher, or Facebook Live, or of course on our apps, pluggitslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us part of your day. Uh, you can do that a couple of different ways. You can join us live on Sunday nights by going to f5live.tv slash join us. From there, you can chat with us live here in the studio. Um, as we talk about topics, we love to get input back, uh, particularly for the Pilch Point, uh, where tonight we will be talking about Samsung's uh, latest entry into the smartphone world. Um, we'd love to get feedback on those topics as we talk. Um, but of course, if you can't join us live, that is okay. Uh, you can also subscribe and uh, listen to us on your schedule by going to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe on there. You can subscribe to F5 Live, The Pilch Point with Avram Pilch, our special events feed, which in the very near future is going to start uh, publishing content again, our first looks, uh, robotics and action series, uh, Plug It's Live Unboxed, where we will soon have an unboxing of one of the Samsung phones that we're going to be talking about later with Abram um, and all of our other series as well. Um, I think for right now, I think that's our spiel. Uh, I think before we get going, though, I do want to say um, that, like I said, today is April 23rd, 2017. Uh, next week, uh, next Sunday, we will not be on the air because all next, all the following week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, eight hours a day, we will be live from uh, New Orleans for the Collision Conference. And you can join us at all of our normal uh, distribution pla platforms, uh, live stream, and all of our Facebook pages as well. Um, even though uh, Avram will not be there with us, uh, we will uh, we will go live on uh, the Pilch Point Facebook page. So if you're only only following us there, you'll also get notifications about going live uh, there as well. So um, there we go. That's that's the spiel for tonight. <laughs> hey Avram. Hey Scott. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Lots going on. Busy. Busy time at Laptop Mag and Tom's Guide. Lots of products coming in. Things that we saw at CES finally arriving for us to review, which is cool. Um, you know, lots of new phones, obviously. We'll talk yeah. more about that later. Uh, so, uh, busy times, but better to be busy than not. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's definitely definitely uh, good to have things to be, to be working on. Uh, I can tell you, our office has been going a little crazy too. We've got all kinds of new uh, review products in, including what's sitting on the desk here and uh, all kinds of stuff. So uh, going to be lots of stuff coming from both of us in the yeah. very near future. <laughs> yeah, no, 
No, no doubt. Um, you know, also, you know, so we got new, you know, our officers got like a stack of new um, bunch of ThinkPads that we have to review, nice. bunch of Dells, that, bunch of Dell Latitudes and Inspirons we have to review. It's and we have more stuff, some Samsung, some Samsung laptops. We just got a slew of stuff. So, you know, where you'll expect to see a lot of laptops <laughs> on laptopmag.com this week. A lot of reviews. Excellent. The uh, yeah. the thing that's I've got the uh, largest collection of right now is Bluetooth speakers. <sighs> Boy, have we got a stack of Bluetooth speakers to go through. <laughs> but I think the the oddest thing I have in my collection is a product called the H-Band, which is basically a Dick Tracy watch. You, like, it's Bluetooth into the band. Like, you talk into it. It's I, I, I oh. can't wait to see that thing in action. But does it do video? No. Uh, Just audio. I mean... We've had a number of things that do audio, like Martian Watch did audio, mm-hmm. and I think, and as you know, Apple Watch does audio. I'm waiting for the video watch. I why can't they do that? I'm waiting for the watch that has that does like Skype mm-hmm. or other services directly from with a camera on your wrist. I agree. The thing that's interesting about this one is it's not a smartwatch. It's just got Bluetooth in the band, uh, so you can put the band on any traditional watch. Oh, so or yeah. or any watch you want, but obviously you know you're not going to put it on an Apple Watch because it's already got that capability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's. I thought that was kind of an interesting was, idea. Having spe- it is. I think I did. We see us at CES. I think I saw some. I saw something that put a smart. Is it a little screen on it? Uh n- no, just oh. uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the unboxing either tonight or uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, so watch it. So wa- we'll have it online shortly. We'll have to we'll have to tune for that. Uh, my intention is to to bring it to collision with me to to see how useful it is, like in the real world. You know, testing in the office. Does it sound great? Yeah, but when you're out in the wild, does it matter? You know what I mean? Does having it make things better or not? You know what you kind of need with that? You kind of need a push-to-talk sort of analogy, right? Mm. Rather than having to call someone. You know, wouldn't That's it be cool if it was sort of like Star Trek Next Generation where they had the comm badge and like, oh, Captain Picard, come here, you know? That would be pretty cool. You know, if it was like an instant connection to whoever was in your group or whatever, like, hey, all right, I'm going to the bathroom. See you in a minute. You know, whatever. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, ideas for anybody who's listening who wants to come up with a product, apparently. Uh, we're throwing some ideas your way tonight. Um, anyway, um, with that, want to talk about some news? Yes. All right. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. This computer sitting on the desk right now, the HP Elite X3 uh, lap dock along with the phone, which is just off screen, is available through the Microsoft Store. Uh, Full continuum, really cool product. I've been using it for a very short period of time now. And so far, I really like it. Uh, You can also get the, uh, the Surface, save $150 on select Surface Pro 4s. But of course, it's not just about computers. There's the Xbox One S, 
Um, you get an extra free game with most of the bundles right now. You get Office 365, a whole slew of VR, basically anything uh, computery that you might want is likely available through the Microsoft Store. To find out all of the deals and all the products that are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. That is one of those products that I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, pre-orders. It's, it's something we've talked about on the show in the past, um, but in the just the last couple of weeks, we've had a number of new examples of why you should be careful when doing pre-orders of new products from companies that don't really exist. Um, you mean primarily, you know, Kickstarter-like campaigns? Yes. Uh, this this one in particular did not use one of the platforms. It went solo. Uh, and did pre-orders through its own website. Um, in this particular case, I'm talking about a company called Plastic uh, that promised a smart card with a e-ink touchscreen on it. Um, in theory, it would have had a mag stripe and the chip pin uh, along with RFID and NFC uh, so that it could literally replace just about anything, right? You could even uh, have it accept the RFID out of your uh, your security badge for work, and, you know, um, but alas, isn't that a security risk? Of course it is, but that's. I mean, if I was a company that makes RF that makes security badges or a credit card company, I would not like this at all because this is also a, a if if a if a legit user can do that, then so can a thief. Absolutely, um, which was of course. One of the many issues with uh, with the concept, um, the 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 major problem, of course, was the fact that uh, plastic was banking on the idea that you would still want to carry an additional thing around with you, which Apple and Samsung and Microsoft and Google and everybody has talked about the idea of retiring the wallet. As a whole, why carry another device is what, what Apple said, right? Why carry another thing is what Apple said when they launched Apple Pay. Um, whether or not that's necessarily a reasonable thing, car, uh, plastic definitely went um, a different way and had another piece of hardware. Now It's like somebody putting out a new MP3 player. Exactly. You know, it's like, okay, and, I, and I've and i known people, like, it took me a while to give up my MP3 player, because I was like, well, you know, if I'm, like, when I used to work out more, and I'd, I'd like, have the MP3 player, I was like, good, I'm not going to, like, knock my phone around, you know, I'm just sure. going to use this MP3 player, if I sweat on it, if I drop it, it's not my phone. Exactly. But, if it falls on the treadmill and I step on it, who cares? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, there, so I, I see the, ben I see the, saw the benefit of it but after a while I was like but I'm doing all my stuff on the phone I'm listening to all my music on the phone there a lot of uh, music services didn't support you know mp3 players or didn't support the mp3 player I had uh -huh. you know 
my wife had a whole thing where she had an MP3 player that worked on one music service, and then we switched to another, and it was no longer supported. Oh. So, uh, so you know, yeah. I mean, anyway, that's my roundabout way of saying like, you you try to use something, you try to use there. I see why people might want a unitasking device. Like, this is the device sure. for this purpose. Right. However, for payment. I'm not sure that they need that because the unitasking device right now is your credit card. Right. So, so I mean, the idea that this thing could, could store like 12 or 15 uh, different cards and had the ability to have its own pin before it would replicate the card, adding, you know, an interesting layer of potential security to it. Um, You know, if you left it behind, your phone would be like, Hey, um, I think you just left your, uh, credit card behind, uh, things like that. You know, some interesting capabilities, but not necessarily a one hundred and fifty-five dollars worth of pre-order interesting, and um, seemingly not five million dollars in pre-order interesting. Um, but this week, despite that five plus million dollars in pre-order uh, and a round of investment after that. And three years since that campaign happened, um, turns out, yeah, not going to happen. And the company has laid off all of its employees, shut its doors, and announced that, um, thank you for your $155. Good night. So no one's getting their money back? Correct. Just, just to play devil's advocate, how do we know that any of this was legit? Absolutely. Uh, obviously... If it took three years from from receiving the five plus million dollars in pre-orders until now, there was no product. The history of technology is full of vaporware. Absolutely. And and while often, most probably most often, the vaporware is for is the, the company legitimately thought they could come out with a product. There have been instances of companies, you know, just trying to like. You know, uh-huh. gin up interest. Absolutely. Uh, so they can get some money and then, you know, take the money and run. So. Well, one of my favorite examples of that is the, uh, there was that, that PC-ish game console, Blackbird or Blackbot or something, um, that turned out to be, uh, to have its headquarters listed as uh, Sarasota. Mm-hmm. So a buddy and I took a drive down to the address that was listed and it was just a storefront with like a desk and an overturned chair. I'm like, Oh, this thing's never coming out. <laughs> there, there was no doubt that that one was vaporware. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Nobody had been in that storefront in years. So another, another clue is when you, when you're a journalist like us and you go to CES, you know, like two or three years, in a row and see the same product being shown uh-huh. it's coming soon. Hmm. Yeah, and it and it continues to show up uh in Eureka Park. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've seen a few of those. <laughs> Maybe yes. they're really trying. I don't know. Maybe they're really trying. They just can't get it together. But but there's definitely there's definitely uh flags that are raised at that point. And you know, here's the thing. I guess For me, the big takeaway is if it's a company who's not produced a product in the past and the people involved have not been involved in bringing a product to market 
in the past, as was the case for this company, um, be weary. Not because it's not possible, not because the product is a bad idea, and not because there's something inherently nefarious about somebody who's never brought a product to market before. Simply, people underestimate what it takes to actually bring a product to market, especially a tech product. Even if you have a prototype, the idea of taking it from prototype phase to putting it in a box and shipping it out, there is so much in there that most people have no idea about. And it's the reason why just in the last couple of weeks, we've seen, uh, well, plastic go belly up the day they announced it. Um, uh, Lily Robotics, a company called Scully, all of them, uh, Scully had 60,000 pre-orders for their product, never delivered. Um, Lily Robo Robotics had uh, 3,300 pre-orders, I think, uh, for a product that was insanely expensive, vanished. Uh, so just in the last couple of weeks, we've seen some really big, either financially in one case and uh, 60,000 pre-orders is a crazy number. Uh, um, just vanish. And for me, that's not terribly surprising. Not because these companies were nefarious. Neither, None of these three, I think, were. I think all of them legitimately thought that they were going to bring a product to market. But it is not magic. It is not easy. And if you've never done it before... There are things you don't know about. The cost of tooling a production plant? Whew, that $5 million in pre-orders wasn't going wasn't gonna to pay to tool the production plant, let alone actually buy the parts to do it. It's crazy. So be careful with pre-orders. Do your research. See if somebody important is backing it. Um, you know... Uh, don't just jump into something because it looks like a great idea. Because a great idea doesn't mean it'll come to market. And and I think Avram and I can both probably sit here and start listing. Yeah, I, I mean, my mind is go, my head is going through a bunch that, you know, some of which, like as a journalist, you meet with people and you try to be nice. Um, and some of which you kind of think like you're probably not gonna find a big audience for this. Uh huh. Yeah. Like. It's interesting, but not necessarily. I like to tell people we're in the business of interesting, not the business of good. Yes. You know, like, I, I this is what I tell my colleagues when they're like, well, we shouldn't cover that because I don't think it's ever going to come out. Or I shouldn't cover that because I don't think it's going to be very good. Dude, It's is it newsworthy? We'll tell people whether it's good or not. We'll help them figure out whether it's good. Yeah. But don't say we won't cover it. Yeah. Um, it, if it If it doesn't look good, we'll say that. Man. We we have reservations on this, but boy, this is an interesting looking thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had, you know, I saw one a few years ago that was absolutely like it seemed like a crazy idea. I was like, if someone gives this to me for free, I'll try using it for two weeks. It was small Israeli company. They were showing at CES. They had um, it looked like a little speech bubble or something. You'd put it on your desk or in your credenza or whatever. Sure. And it had like a little ticker, like a little LED ticker, like a stock ticker type of thing that would get give you alerts when you got an email or something like that. 
or alerts if there was a weather or news or whatever. Okay. On a tiny ticker, and I think they wanted like well over a hundred dollars for this. Um, and I was like, well, why? Why do you? You know, like people have phones, people have other things. This only shows like eight characters at a time, and you got to watch it. Like, why would you? Why would you want this? And they're like, well, you know, this is great. This is this is a kosher gadget. Why is it a kosher gadget? Because in it, because we found that religious Jews will look at it when they're walking by and they're not allowed to use their electronics on the Sabbath. First of all, I'm not sure if I believe the latter. Um, <laughs> second, I believe that. Second of all, like that's not like so that was one of their markets. The other market was just anybody to like who wants to spend a lot of money to see alerts ticking by you know on a little screen sure on like an internet appliance like a very minor internet appliance and you know and i saw that and i was like mm, i don't think you know they were talking really big stuff like yeah, it's going to be in every store and blah, blah, blah. and i was like mm, i i have a strong and I was like really nice to them because I was like, well, you know, this is interesting. You guys certainly have come up with an interesting concept. Um, interesting. I, I think a few months later I heard they, they dissolved or something. But um, No kidding. You know, you see things like that all the time. You're like, mm, I don't think these guys are going to last. Uh-huh. But it's fun while I looked at it. Uh, when, when we wander the show floor at CES... Uh, especially this year because I had a lot of new people on the team, I would stop at a booth. And the, the, my my team would look at me like, are you kidding me? We're, you're thinking about this? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely thinking about this. There's no way this thing comes to market, but I have to talk to them. Well, you better do it now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And I I fear... I, okay, so I guess feeding back into a bit of a promo for Collision. Uh, Collision is kind of like Eureka Park, um, but three days of just Eureka Park. And um, so there is the distinct possibility that in the hundred-ish interviews we'll do in three days, uh, that we will have that kind of thing, that we will talk to them because, wow, what an interesting thing. There's no way it happens, but it's such an interesting idea. I mean, we're I'm rooting for these for a lot of these folks. Uh-huh, I mean, absolutely, them, but most of them, I'm rooting for you. You know, to to come out with your product. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's a shame. It's a shame when they don't. But sometimes you can tell, particularly when they have very grandiose expectations, uh-huh. like to sort of change an industry type of expectations, uh-huh. and that's what plastic. That's what plastic was trying to do. Absolutely, I mean, you'd have to create like awareness with something like plastic, like because you go into the store and you're like, "I'm going to pay with this," and you're like, "I I don't know, maybe cashiers are more roll with it now that people have different phone payment methods." But I find that you know if they don't recognize what you're paying with, they don't care what it says on the screen. You know, so you'd have to run over create all kinds of awareness of yeah. like, "Oh, this is plastic," and People can use it, and it's just like a credit card, and the stores will accept it. And you know, there could be some stores that don't like the security implication of it and decide not to accept it. Sure. And, you know, so you're trying to invade basically a very well-established ecosystem. It was hard enough for folks like Apple 
and uh-huh. Samsung and Google to do that. Yes. But you're a little startup company. Right. How are you going to do it? Right. It th- there's there's no concern about the awareness of a product coming out of Samsung. Y- you know what I mean? If Samsung announces a thing, there's enough awareness all around that everybody knows that Samsung Pay happened. They may not know what it is, but the name <laughs> was loud enough and it's probably marked on your uh, register. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the, yeah, these little guys were never going to have that kind of thing. Um, they, they were up against it from day one, even with $5 million in pre-orders in a week. That They were up against it. And this was the inevitable... I said when I first read about it three years ago, in October of 2014, I said, there's no way this happens. And at $155, the hardware is going to cost more than that to build. There's no way this happens. Uh, And I warned people away. Like people, do you think I should pre-order it? No. No, I do not. So I, I don't like to to create a panic, but I do like people, critical thinking um, is is something that Avery and I talk about a lot on the show. Don't click on ads that seem suspicious. Don't lo- download a flashlight app that asks for your contacts and don't pre-order products that seem way out of control. A little bit of critical thinking, I guess, is is the moral of the story. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements, uh, available in on-ear and over-ear. But there's also uh, Bluetooth speakers like the the tiny little hotshot and the the giant Monster Rave box. uh, Kind of a product for everybody from on-ear, over-ear, in-ear headphones, Bluetooth speakers, waterproof, and then of course cables to connect all of your stuff. And all of that is available by going to plugitslive.com slash monster. And that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Abram! Hey! It's been a big week. It has. It has been a big week at tomsguide.com and laptop.com where I'm the editorial director uh, and um, obviously lots of new products coming in and one of them I have right here and uh, I actually could use the audience's help if anyone's around and sees this say in the next few hours because I'm going to got to make a buying decision I'm going to buy one of these two phones and I've been I borrowed them from work because we bought a, them at work for test a couple at work, work for testing okay this this here is the Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus and the Samsung Galaxy S8. This is the difference in size. So one of them has a 5.8-inch screen, and one of them has a 6.2-inch screen. But it's not even actually this is what you would expect because of the aspect ratio is, what, 18 to 9? Something like that. So it's, it's a very... Uh, both of them have the same resolution, which is... 
2960 by 1440. No, I had to cheat sheet that. I couldn't remember it. But uh, anyway, uh, so these phones, um, I have a particular need to buy them because I'm switching. My wife and I have vowed to switch carriers. Okay. And we've been waiting for this to come out to do our switch. Um, to do our switch. So, like, my phone is in terrible shape. Her phone is in terrible shape. We're very unhappy right now with our current carrier, so we're really eager to do this. We've been waiting for these to come out. We actually went to store yesterday to try and get it, and they were out, so I have to actually order online. I guess there's been a run on these. So the qu- so my question is which to get, but let me first tell you, tell the audience who may not be familiar with these what they are and what they do. So the Galaxy S8, this is the they both are very similar except for the size. Um, the Galaxy S8 regular this. Um, Runs Android 7. It is super thin. It is 0.3 inches thick. It is very sort of um, vertically oriented because of the aspect ratio. It's sort of more like a candy bar. Um, it is 2.05. Uh, so 2 to 1, 18 by 9. 2 to 1. 18 by 9. It weighs only 5.5 ounces. It's very light. Let's put it that way. Very light. Um, it comes with a Snapdragon 835 processor, but honestly, I'm not as concerned about that, which is the latest latest processor. But let's let's be honest. What you really care about is the the internet speed and how does it take pictures and how's the screen and how's the battery life and how does it so, hold and how's it hold. So this is easier to hold than the big one. The big one is um, you know has a has a 6.2 inch screen. Uh, both of them are light enough. I mean, my, mm-hmm. my current phone weighs more than these. Uh, but, um, you know, this one is a whole 6.3 inches tall. So my main concern about this is my hand gets a little sore trying to hold it. But beyond that, um, will it like it's so tall, will it like fall out of my pocket when I sit down? Um, That's an interesting I, concern. I mean, it's a it's a weird concern, but this is actually taller than my other phone, than my old phone, which was a Galaxy Note three, I might add. So that's how old my phone is. Um, and never had a problem with that one falling out of my pocket. But this is this is actually significantly taller than that. I was wearing it in some jeans yesterday. It was fine, but normal the normal pants I wear, I don't know. You know, when you have an eight hundred fifty dollar phone, you don't want it slipping out of your pocket. Right. Uh, so this phone here, the S eight, costs seven hundred fifty. This one here costs eight hundred fifty. Uh, the good news is, if you're buying it from a carrier and you have decent credit, you can, you know, have to put all spend that right, you know, right up front. Right. Um, which I would be. So um, they have really colorful screens. They're supposed to be both the same, but as Scott and I were talking about before we went on the air, um, and you won't get this through my webcam, I'm sure, is <laughs> that the the larger screens seemed to be more vibrant to us. Scott has seen them also. Yes. Uh, seen seen different, not the ones in my hands. Right. Scott has actually seen seen both models, but not these. So he's seen different units. Um, and anybody and, who's watching the live shot sees an S8 Plus in my shot. Ah, yes. So, <laughs> so you know, that's that's the interesting question. Now, on our first battery test run, the the battery difference was very slight. The uh, S8 Plus got only half an hour, got about 11 hours, and this got about 10 and a half. Yesterday, I, I did a run at my house, 
uh, and uh, the two in my hands here are both team on T-Mobile. Um, the the one um, this got only ten twelve, and this got twelve hours and two minutes. Wow, so it was a nearly two hour difference. Um, you would think that the difference wouldn't be too severe because the this one has a thirty five hundred milliamp hour battery, and this one is a three thousand. But remember, the larger battery also has to power a larger screen, mm-hmm. which means you know a larger screen always uses more juice. But somewhere in there, the 500 extra milliamp hours actually means that you're getting more battery life, even though you're powering a bigger screen. Um, so, and that you know, if it's really two hours of battery life, that could be that could be important. Sure. You know, that, that could be that could be quite useful because um, you know our battery test is a continuous test of web surfing, but as a person goes throughout the day waking it up putting it to sleep playing videos playing games you know 20 percent. if the battery life difference is 20 percent, that might be the difference between charging and not right so um so you know it's definitely uh um definitely concern i think my main concern is is going to fall out of my pocket am i gonna i i have to say for typing i find uh and at my office we have an interesting uh, split one of my coworkers, two of my coworkers have already bought this for their personal phone. Um, Cherie, who you, whom you know, yes. uh, bought the Galaxy S8 Plus because okay. she said she has large hands and she wants uh, the bigger phone. And Because uh, the hitboxes hit on the keyboard will be bigger. Yeah, I actually, I I found that typing on this, on the bigger one, was easier. Um, was I made fewer mistakes because um, there's more space and you know between the keys and more sure. more space on the keys yeah uh so that that's definitely the case um i guess it's just a matter of uh now uh sam rutherford who works with a, who's one of our staff uh one of our writers he uh he did the opposite because he said that this was too felt too bulky um so so there uh so there you have it two different perspectives on the same sure. thing but for those who are not um you know, we just want to know, should you get the S8 or get either of them? Um, the camera seems to be pretty good. Um, it's it's supposed to actually be better than the iPhone 7. We did some tests. It beat the iPhone 7 camera and it beat the LG G6 camera. Okay. Um, it's 12 megapixels and then the front camera is 8. Um, and if I have one moment, I'll actually show one picture I took with this yesterday. Uh, and then share screen. And, and of course, uh, cameras are one of the things that that Samsung has excelled at for a number of reasons. One of which, of course, being the fact that um, you know they also make cameras. <laughs> yes. So, can you see the picture now? Yes. Yesterday we were at a. My wife and I were at a convention. Some I was, people had their, I was their own ask, working R2-D2s. I was going to ask where, there's because there's a picture of you with them. Yes, yes. We online. Went to, we went to a friend of ours has is a vendor at the at these things. There's a, okay. a small sci-fi convention out here called LI Geek. Um, mm-hmm. They actually don't have too many people. But one of the groups there are these, these folks who make their own working R2, R2 units. Nice. And they had these two. I'm not sure if the pink one is like where the pink one comes from or if that's just their invention. I think I think their pink one might have been briefly in one of the movies. But anyway, yeah, so there's someone 
there's someone in the background over there who actually has a remote control for controlling it. It's not it's not sentient, but um, but it looks really realistic. So anyway, I think the picture came out pretty pretty decent. Um, the camera has optical image stabilization. It's got um, you know it does a, a good job in low light and it's fast. Um, so you know for me having a good camera is very important now uh, because I. You know, I, I don't really use my regular camera very much at all. Right. So. R2KT, just in case you're curious. So. That's the that's the pink one. R2KT. S. At various shows, I've seen <laughs> different people. I've seen different people. Um, different people with different types of, of R2 units. <laughs> of R2 units. Yeah, there's all kinds of R2 units out there. I, there's my favorite one was the one that's actually a beer dispenser, um, but that wasn't at this show. That was at when I was at Dragon Con a few years ago. That one that's a beer dispenser. Got it. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, those are the two phones. They're available on all the four uh, major U.S. carriers for seven fifty or eight fifty, roughly speaking. Um, we recommend them. We like them. Uh, all evidence points to the battery being safe. Um, so. Uh, if you get this, if you get this message, I'm curious what you think. Would you get the S8 Plus or would you get the S8? Um, uh, obviously, uh, since there's an S8 Plus sitting on my desk, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think people can probably guess which direction uh, I went. Uh, <laughs> I might just do a commute test tomorrow and like put it in my my pocket because mm-hmm. I take a train every day and just see if it starts to fall out. Because that's that's my biggest concern. I used to have a cell phone that would always fall out, and I ended up losing it like three times. Fortunately, those were the days when we had feature phones, and so nobody actually wanted it. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like also people, hey, we found your phone. Oh, this, if I lost it, I'm sure somebody would enjoy it. So um, yeah, you you remember those days when uh when people would call you and be like, hey, we found your phone. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not counting on that happening with this. So, uh, <laughs> if there's any doubt about it possibly fall, sliding out of my pocket, I think I'll 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 take the I'll get the uh, the smaller one. But they both look really good. I really like the curved display. Um, I think that looks fantastic. Yeah. Um. Uh. We. You mentioned that you're switching carriers. Uh, one of our companies recently switched carriers. Um. And that's where this guy came from. We switched carriers specifically to be able to hop between GSM devices, which obviously has been a problem if you're on a CDMA carrier. So, you know, Verizon and Sprint makes it really difficult to, to swap devices, whereas T-Mobile or AT&T makes it real easy. And as a developer, having the ability to swap devices on a whim is kind of nice. Um, and so uh, Carrier was offering a, a really good discount uh, a BOGO on the galaxies. So we went that really? way. Yeah. Is that because you're a business? Cause I didn't see that. Nope. A deal. Nope. It was, uh, it was anybody. Oh, oh. anyway, I but, know, uh, I know at least two of the four have been offering it. I heard sprint, uh, a sprint commercial mention it too. Um, uh, so at least two of the four are doing it. Um, and so we're like, all right, well, you know, at that price, <laughs> It's basically oh, wow. the price of a of a low end phone. So yes, uh, 
we will go with one of the galaxies. And I held both of them. I looked at the screen, sitting in the store, looking at them both before they came out. And I'm like, I like, I like the bigger one. I, I like the way it holds. And my business partner agreed. Um, so that's, that's me. But again, there's a reason why they make both because not, that's I mean, not everybody. I think most people are not going to spend the extra hundred bucks. Right. Um, that's my thought. Agreed. But yeah, uh, definitely let us know. Um, if you're in the chat room tonight, let us know in the chat room. Uh, because I think Avram is ready. Is, is really what it comes down to. Um, I think he's ready to not be with, uh, not be with the note three anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved it. I had three and a half years. Right. You know, it's, if I, if I could send a message back to like 2014 or two, <laughs> so 2013 when I got it, I would say you definitely making a good choice because this phone is going to last forever. <laughs> you know, that's, I am always surprised when I when I hear that you still have that phone. It it continuously surprises me. Uh yeah, it was it's really been a matter of the network and like trying to decide when we want to switch and if yeah. we want to switch because we've been very unhappy with uh the kind of connectivity we've been getting with our sure. existing company. Sure. Makes sense. We're waiting for the right moment with a new phone that we really want to, to make the move. Makes sense. Well, yeah. um, obviously, as always, we we appreciate uh, the information because as everybody can see, mine is still in a box. I haven't done an unboxing video, so mine is still in a box. Um, it won't be in about an hour, probably. Well, <laughs> but I can mention you that have seen it in action. More than I've seen it in action, I should mention... I neglected to mention we have a lot of content on this in tomsguide.com. If you go to tomsguide.com, you'll see our review of the Galaxy S8. You'll see our S8 versus S8 Plus, which wasn't enough to help me make up my mind, but might help you. Uh, you see our S8. If you already bought one, you'll see our numerous tips on it. Um, so we've got a lot. And, and maybe most importantly, our camera showdown between this and the iPhone 7, where you can see side-by-side -side pictures of the same thing that were taken at the same time with both. That's awesome. Uh, well, definitely, uh, definitely something that people should check out. Uh, the, the camera thing is always fun to see, uh, to see that side by side. So, um, obviously you'll be around for the rest of the main show, yep. but as far as the pilch point is concerned, we will see you in two weeks, uh, because we will be off next week for a travel week. Well, I uh, I will be enjoying my my week off, and I hope you enjoy New Orleans. It's the first time I think for the entire team, so it should be interesting. All right, we will see you back in two. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the gaming accessories you could possibly want at uh, at the quality for for true uh, pro gaming 
um, available from Razer, whether it be the Razer Blade laptop or the Man of War gaming headset, the Death Adder Elite mouse, um, or mechanical keyboards, which Avram and I talk about often being fans of, um, really high-end and big-sized uh, uh, mouse pads, kind of anything you want, even VR and all of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. We will actually have a lot of Razer stuff with us in New Orleans. <laughs> it's part of our travel kit. Um, all right, so we've been talking about Twitch on a semi-regular basis lately. Amazon as well. Uh, Amazon has really stepped up uh, their advertising and um, their desire to get into the shared market space. And uh, it's a space that's kind of been owned by Google for a while, uh, though AdSense did get a big hit in recent weeks with some very large advertisers pulling out over um, concerns about uh, controlling where their ads show up. And so uh, Amazon has has really kind of stepped in and tried to steal some, some attention over to themselves. Uh, and now they're trying to do the same thing in the gaming world. Uh, Amazon owns Twitch, which is uh, a, the game streaming platform. Uh, Google has tried to get into the space with uh, the YouTube gaming thing without a whole lot of success. Uh, Microsoft has recently entered, um, having purchased Beam and adding it to Windows 10, which means on the Xbox One as well. But nobody lives in the space that Twitch lives in. They own the space, and everybody knows it. Um, will it be that way in three years? Who knows? We know markets shift. But today, nobody, nobody comes close to Twitch. Um, however, <laughs> uh, very few people could make money through Twitch because um, you had to be a partner level, which required all kinds of things. Um, the, the criteria were very high. Uh, they announced this week, though, that they're adding a third level. So there's your standard streamer and your, uh, your partner streamer. Well, now there's an affiliate, which will live in the middle and will allow a lot more people to be able to get involved in uh, revenue sharing on Twitch. Uh, it'll give... Um, some of the same capabilities, um, if you're watching live, I apologize for what appears to be an earthquake on our live camera. I don't know what's happening. Um, it's very strange. Um, anyway, uh, it won't give you all the same capabilities. Like uh, partners get paid every 45 days. Uh, affiliates will get paid in 60. Um, the, um, the amount of cheer levels is different there there's things that will be different you won't be a partner but you will be able to make revenue uh which i think is a cool idea uh there are still criteria in a 30-day period you have to have had at least 500 streaming minutes across seven distinct sessions your channel has to have 50 followers you have to average three viewers at all times during that 30-day period so it's kind of the equivalent of YouTube saying, 
we're not doing ad sharing until 10,000 views. You know what I mean? They're, they, they want you to have some traction because the whole idea is engagement, right? And they're trying to, to uh, keep the streamers who maintain engagement. So I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's a good idea to bring more monetization to the platform. Anything to help people make money. Right. You know, anything to help people make money because someday, I don't know, maybe that day is now, someday people are going to understand that to have quality content, you have to pay for it. Uh So whether that quality content is an article that a journalist writes or it's a game stream that's coming from someone playing a game, people cannot always do things just out of the goodness of their heart. Right. You know, because you 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 do things out of the goodness of your heart means you don't have time. You know, nobody's you know, unless you're independently wealthy, we all have to make we all have to make a living. Sure, earn a living. So if you can't earn a living doing the thing that you know, doing the thing that you want to do, that's the creative thing that people want to see from you, that gets an audience then you're not going to be able to keep doing it or you're going to be really restricted to how much you can do. So, you know, like people need to be able to make money from, from their Twitch streams, from their live game streams. People need to be able to make money from their videos, from their podcasts, you know, and it's unfortunate that, you know, while a lot of the companies that are paying you don't pay you very well, um, you know what? Do I remember what was it? Psy uh, got for like billions of views of of Gangnam Style. He ended up with like a million dollars in revenue sharing after three billion views or something like that. Yeah, Is that right. Like I think his his video was viewed more than anybody else's ever. And you know, if he hadn't been making money from it from outside means, he wouldn't have made very much money on it at all. He uh. He actually had so many views that he uh, forced YouTube to change the uh, data type for the view counter from an int 32 to either a uint or a int 64 because they, they actually uh, hit an overflow on an int 32. That's funny. I didn't know that they were so open about their database. Uh, they weren't so much. Uh, we watched uh, parts of YouTube crash when they hit that number. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, his view count went to zero. We're like, oh, well, it's an int 32, <laughs> which is a strange number to have gone to. Though I suppose who would have, when when the data structure was built, who would have guessed that something would have rolled that number? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... You know, I mean, so anything people can do to 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 make uh, to earn a living or earn something from their from their work, especially you don't when have you have to be a recording artist, especially when you take into consideration that um, that Twitch is running ads over your stream anyway. Right. These companies are making money off of you, no doubt. Uh huh. You know. So YouTube is making money off of you. Twitch is making money off of you. So it only makes sense uh, if you want people to stay engaged. Um, it makes sense to involve the content producers in the revenue sharing so long as 
they are maintaining engagement for the platform. So it makes sense to me. Um, I think it's a good move. I think it's something that Twitch on its own probably wouldn't have done. Um, and maybe Amazon wouldn't have done it two months ago um, before they started thinking of themselves as a, a, a platform to support advertising. They're moving, uh, they're integrating uh, game purchases into Twitch. You know, whatever game it is that you're watching, you can purchase through Twitch and um, partner and affiliate uh, streamers will get a commission off of that. And, you know, there, there's a number of ways um, that the money is going to come in uh, for streamers. And I don't, I don't know that they necessarily would have thought in this way even recently if it hadn't been for all of the attention on Google and their fascinating response in trying to fill that space. <laughs> um, but either way, I'm glad that they're doing it. Um, I think I think it'll be good for the longevity of the platform. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Riff Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000, not the uh, the remake that is available now on Netflix and is pretty fantastic, um, uh, are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies from blockbusters to grizzly They've got a little bit of everything. The way it normally works is for a couple dollars, you download the MP3 on your phone or wherever, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to exist, and laugh. Um, they also do some short films, uh, something that started on the original series and carried over to Riff Tracks. Uh, industry films, those terrible things you used to watch in school, uh, all made uh, watchable by Riff Tracks and from time to time they do live events there was just one uh, i think this past week my timeline in my head is a bit fuzzy right now but that's okay uh their next one june 15th the summer shorts beach party uh where they will be doing just a a whole series of short films it should be a lot of fun um you can find out what theaters uh nationwide the live event will be in what short films are available, and, of course, all of the movies uh, by going to f5live.tv slash rifftracks. And though these guys are technically not involved in it, if you have not uh, started watching the new Rift Tracks, or what? The new MST3K on Netflix, uh, you should. I finished the last one last night, and uh, <laughs> they've done a really good job of capturing the uh, the feel of the original. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything other than Mike Nelson used to be on MST3K. Anyway, uh, let's talk Facebook because this week was uh, Facebook's F8 conference where they normally announce uh, the things that are important to them. And this year, uh, eh? I guess is... The, the best for me was kind of, eh. Uh, they, they finally announced and launched the most obvious of all Oculus products for Facebook. 
what they're calling Facebook Spaces. It had a different name uh, the last time they showed it off, but it's officially called Facebook Spaces. It is in the Oculus Store right now, and it is virtual Facebook. It, uh, it is the most obvious <laughs> implementation of Oculus for Facebook uh, since their incredibly expensive purchase. Um, but the thing is, it's... Eh. Um, it, you can do messenger and photos and videos. It's kind of interesting from... You can kind of stand inside of... With your friends, you can stand inside of a 360 photo or a 360 video and watch it with other people. Okay. You can chat avatar to avatar or avatar to video through messenger. Okay. Um, but it all feels a lot like PlayStation Home, which was never a success. And it's also not the best of the virtual social networks on the Oculus platform. There are others that have more capabilities and are far more interesting. But the thing that Facebook will have that will make this one successful is the fact that it's Facebook. Yeah, it's membership. So it's going to, I mean, nobody wants to sign up for additional right. social networks. Right. And, and plus discoverability, right? Even if you do sign up for one of these other networks, the discoverability for other people doesn't exist. It's, yeah. it's hard to find out that these things are there and whether or not they're good. Um, whereas Facebook spaces, everybody knows who Facebook is. You've already got an account. You've already got friends. If you've got an Oculus, uh, you're good to go. So the, the, the entry is so easy as opposed to all the other ones. One of the things I find interesting is that although the Samsung Gear VR is powered by Oculus, it does not support uh, spaces. Only the Rift uh, supports spaces. Um, now, that could be because the product is technically somewhere between an alpha and a beta build, um, and they are not trying to test against hardware variations. <laughs> they are simply trying to test the platform itself, which makes perfect sense to me. Um, it's one of the main reasons why, um, you see a lot of smartphone apps come out on iOS before Android, because you're not dealing with the, the, the hardware variants that you deal with and even software variants that you deal with, with Android. Um, it, it's honest, honestly, it's why you see stuff come to iOS before Android is because of that. Uh, and it's probably what Facebook is doing. The hardware is in-house, the software is in-house, Facebook Space is in-house. It is an entirely closed-loop ecosystem that they have full control over. So they want to make it work before they start screwing around with other things. That's my yeah. guess. I, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to keep it exclusive. I don't think, I mean, I don't see Facebook's um, benefit in trying to, you know, use Facebook Spaces to pump the Oculus the sale of the Oculus hardware, you know, yeah. people are gonna, aren't going to buy Oculus hardware for that. Facebook, I don't see Facebook as a hardware company. Right. I don't. I don't think Facebook sees itself as a hardware company. So, you know, I, I think that they just want to get their get their platform out there and do yeah. things to get people more using Facebook even more than they do now. So, 
yeah, it's it makes sense that on the platform they own, they're going to try it first. But they would be foolish not to, you know, what they really should be working on is how do we get this into Windows holographic? Right, right. How do we get this into like the Windows, the Windows API? Because you have all of those inexpensive headsets that are coming out right uh, now that people are going to be using. And then the the HTC Vive is compatible, um, is going to be compatible with, or already is compatible with Windows 10 with, with the uh, with yeah. the APIs, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, all of that stuff, like, that's the ecosystem they should be trying to get in on because that is a very, you know, vibrant, open ecosystem, a lot like, you know, PCs that run Windows. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I totally understand the idea of perfecting the concept in a closed loop and then expanding. Because yeah. it is, it's somewhere between an alpha and a beta build from what they said, so... I, I understand the idea of going closed loop and then building it out from there. I think it's a smart idea. Um, but, I mean, I, I've seen a lot on it, and uh, I did not come away excited. Like, I have to use this. Like yeah. like you do with, with some VR stuff. You're like, wow, I really... Like, anytime HTC shows off a promo for for Vive stuff, you're like, wow, I really... I, I like that. I well, didn't. I didn't come away from this feeling that way. Well, you know, VR is giving you an experience like the good VR is giving you an experience you haven't had before. Right. Right. Uh, right now, whereas we've all had the experience of chatting on Facebook, and mm-hmm. we probably think that we do it too much. So, <laughs> I probably I think I spend too much time on 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 social media as it is. I don't need a reason to do it more. And a, and a different avenue into it yeah exactly well a different avenue would be another reason to, to do it more. yeah um in addition to vr they also talked about ar through a facebook camera um basically if you think about what snapchat does with its its interactive things you know the thing that that logitech webcams have done for 10 years if you combine that with the AR gaming capability of the Nintendo 3 3DS, you have a Facebook camera. There, there, legitimately wasn't really anything beyond that. Um, it was just a combination of a Logitech webcam and a Nintendo 3DS uh, in an app from Facebook. So, okay, whatevs. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Um, the thing that they were really excited about was Messenger 2.0, which uh, takes Facebook Messenger uh, further away from uh, messaging and more down the path of the odd things that they've been adding, the games into a Messenger and uh, payments into a Messenger. Um, 2.0 has all kinds of capabilities for bots and the ability for one bot to hand off a conversation to another and like you listen I'll to have my bot talk to your bot no when like if if i were to message facebook support and i end up like you could literally have one bot be your your gatekeeper and then have it hand the conversation off to something else based on like another uh piece of piece of software based on whether it's 
messenger or camera or oculus or what it is that you're looking for support on it can literally hand the conversation off like it's like okay that's that's fine but that's not messenger like that's that's a support platform facebook support platform and you could access it through facebook that would be fine but it's not messenger but neither are the games and the payments and all the other weird things that if you use I don't know about the Android app. Um, I've used the iOS app recently, and it seems like figuring out how to message a friend is getting more and more complex. <laughs> yeah, on the Android version, the problem is that it wants to be your SMS messenger also. Oh. So it shows your SMS messages, and you try tapping on someone to send them a Facebook message, and it's like, oh, do you want to change this to your SMS messenger? Like, it, it, it it's trying to, like step in on the turf of the sms messaging app that comes on the phone and i don't like that um yeah that's an yeah. extra step beyond the obnoxiousness of the ios version yeah so it's because uh, probably apple doesn't allow that right um yeah it, so it is annoying the facebook messenger is annoying at the same time and i'm using facebook messenger a fair amount because i know a lot of people have it who, who are on facebook and therefore alert alertable that way mm-hmm you know, and it's and it's fairly reliable. One of the problems that my wife has with that we have with our carrier carrier that we were talking about in an earlier segment uh-huh. is that she doesn't always get text messages. Like Ooh. for the last year or so, she doesn't get text messages. Like about twenty percent of the time, she doesn't receive a text message. Oh no! She can go to the carrier website and see them later, but she doesn't actually get it on her phone. That's crazy. Which, yeah, yeah. So. If I want to send her an SM, if I want to send her a message now, I send her a Facebook message because that way she'll definitely get it. Because you know, it. you know she'll receive it. Yeah, it's more reliable than, than our SMS. Oh God. But uh, you know, so it's it's useful to have you know that database of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but but I don't but want the more... it to do all these other things. Right. Uh, that see, okay, so I obviously as as everybody knows. I have all kinds of devices all over the place, just like Avram has all kinds of devices all over the place. We get to interact with all kinds of platforms. And one of the things that I like about Facebook Messenger on any and all of the Windows platforms is that they haven't polluted it with all the nonsense, all the games. And that when I go, I see a list of conversations. I can click on one. I can send a message, see if it's received, see if it's read and move on. But when I was using it on iOS, um, because one of my handsets recently died, and that was the one I was using uh, Messenger on, I went over to the iOS version. I'm like, wow, what a disaster this is. It is so polluted with stuff I don't care about, and I can't make it go away. It's not a Messenger. It's like Facebook Lite. And I don't want Facebook Lite. I I want Messenger. And yeah. and they seem to be getting even even further away from it in what they're calling Messenger 2.0, which is a concern. But the thing that one of the things that they were really excited about was uh, workplace because they put a lot of time into that and uh, nobody adopted it. And so they've made some changes. They've addressed some of the concerns. Uh, for example, um, uh, data integrity and data security, right? How do I know that something's not just going to poof, be gone? So they've worked with um, four companies whose 
whole existence is around uh, data security and data integrity. Um, they've also tried to make it feel less to to uh, C-level people like it's a Facebook time waster because obviously a lot of companies have like an immediate gut reaction to the word Facebook. Uh, so uh, they've integrated things like Microsoft Office and Salesforce and stuff like that uh, to make it feel more like a professional environment. The thing is, it still doesn't, it's still not Microsoft Teams or Slack. It, it's not as easy to use as those. It's not as, uh, as large of a platform as Slack. It's not as, as tight of a platform as Teams. It kind of is okay at several things. And it still has the stigma of being Facebook powered. <laughs> so I, I don't know that they're ever going to get the traction on this thing that they want. Um, because at the end of the presentation, I was like, all right. And um, the features are, why, why would I... Why would I use this rather than Slack? Or why would I use this rather than Microsoft Teams? And never have I been presented with with a reason, which is not good. Other than it's Facebook, and they kind of want to live off their name. And unfortunately for them, their name holds negative value in the enterprise, which is where they're trying to target. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. They, yeah. Well, good luck to them. I mean, they certainly are good at good at attracting people and building interfaces that, that attract people. So maybe there's something there. But yeah, I mean, but Facebook in this does, in this case, yeah. it's not people they need to attract It's enterprises it's, they need to attract. And that's a very different beast. Yeah. But I think that like Slack um, got where it is because smaller, more smaller businesses and smaller non-business groups could use it. Uh -huh. And so it kind of grew up organically to where people in the organization were like, I want us to have Slack. Uh -huh. um, and I, I think that's, I think that's how you can grow something like this is if you, you start it organically. Now, Microsoft's taking the opposite approach with teams, teams, you know, you need to be, you, in you, you, you can't use it unless you have um, an organizational account for Office 365, and you can only use it with people in your organization. So uh, um, That actually changed before launch. Really? Yeah. Because we, we were trying and we couldn't do it. But, uh, oh, really? Um, I was told by Microsoft that that restriction went away uh, before the official launch, hmm. which was only recently, to be fair. The la the official launch was only recently. Hmm. We got to try. I mean, we just uh, my colleague uh, Henry Casey was just uh, you know using extensively to do a story on it, and and I don't know we we weren't able to and we we thought you couldn't um, you know use people outside the organ organization. It's possible. It's right possible that depending on the subscription level of the Office three sixty five. I don't know, but I do know that. Somebody at Microsoft told me that that restriction was lifted at in some way, shape, or form before launch. I haven't tried it either, personally. You know, I but, do. Uh, I do have a. I do have a Microsoft Teams account, but I do not know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I myself have a beef beef with how much. I mean, 
organizations would like that, you know, the, the closed nature of it. But if you're working with freelancers and people like that outside your organization, you really need to be able to, to get them in. Or a software but, uh, consulting company that wants to interact with their, uh, their clients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know where Facebook goes because you have Microsoft sort of coming from the top down. They have a lot of clients of Office 365. Let's throw this into the mix of benefits you get with Office 365. And then, you know, there's and then there's Slack, which kind of grew up from being, you know, a free freemium service. Yeah. So came out of the open source community and tried to weasel its way into the enterprise. So they've come from the opposite direction. And there's Facebook. Microsoft has has a positive name in enterprise. Slack had no name in enterprise. Facebook has a negative name in the enterprise. So they've got a they are already up against it. Like they're already yeah. fighting, but Facebook's a time waster, which is just the natural place that sea level people go when they hear Facebook is this. Ugh. It would be like if Fisher Price started to sell enterprise IT equipment. Exactly. Exactly. You'd be like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> you feel like, well, I know you're Fisher Price and you're really good at one thing, but. Generally, we associate you with toys, and we don't want to buy a toy. So, like, I think that's sort of the feeling that businesses would have about a face about Facebook teams, or or, or Tyco making uh, uh, electrical equipment. Oh wait, they yeah. did that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so, I guess overall, uh, my opinion on the things that were announced was, eh, it wasn't that exciting of a conference this year. Um, well, I mean, the conference looked. Like, it was wildly exciting, but the stuff that came out of it was less so. Um, you know, 360 live streaming video. Okay. I, is there a place for that? Yeah. Is it something that everybody's going to use? No. Should it be rolled out to everybody? I don't know. Was it? Yeah. You know, things like that. Like Okay. But... Um, in general, I just I think there was a lot less interesting stuff this year than kind of any year in the past. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove. All the music you want uh, streamed ad-free uh, from one of the largest collections of music on the internet. You can use it basically anywhere, whether it be on your phone, computer, tablet, Xbox One, iOS, Android, Windows, or just on the web. Basically anywhere you are, you can do it. And you can download uh, the music on up to three devices so that when you're on an airplane or just don't want to use your non-unlimited data, uh, you can have it already on your device. And you can get a 30-day free trial right now by going to f5live.tv slash groove. I should probably do that before the trip. What do you think? <laughs> anyway, so um, I had two things that were back and forth for me on what I wanted to talk about this week. Um, the first I skipped, but 
PSA, uh, Fox has ordered 10 more episodes of the X-Files. Um, anyway. Yes, I saw, yes, I saw that. <laughs> looking, looking forward to it, especially since it was on a cliffhanger. Yes, exactly. Um, so Fox has ordered 10 more episodes. Very exciting. Um, maybe they'll continue doing that. Anyway, um, so the thing we're going to actually talk about is a company called iHeartMedia. Now, we tend to stick to new media type topics on the show, but this one crosses boundaries and could be um, a result of new media. So iHeartMedia is a company that you have absolutely heard of, but may not know why. Uh, They used to be called Clear Channel. Uh, They are probably the company that owns the radio station you listen to. It doesn't matter where in the U.S. you are or what kind of music you listen to. Chances are iHeartMedia is the company that owns it. They own 850 radio stations nationwide. They're the largest owner of, uh, of terrestrial radio. And um, they also own iHeartRadio, which is your ability to listen to those broadcasts from anywhere, in addition to other stuff. But those 850 stations all broadcast live over the, uh, over the platform. They do the iHeartRadio Music Festival. They have a music awards thing. Um, they also own Clear Channel Outdoor Advertising, the uh, billboard company. Uh, so they're kind of a huge company. They like so big that they used to be part of CBS. Um, they were the CBS radio network, uh, maybe eight or 10 years ago. Then they were clear channel and now they're iHeartMedia. Um, so as it turns out, iHeartMedia, uh, CEO, uh, Bob Pittman, who was one of the founders of MTV and was the president of MTV for a long time, uh, has announced that iHeartMedia may not be able to survive the next 12 months, <laughs> which is kind of crazy when you first think about it. You're like, 850 radio stations, it seems like it seems like they'd be in good position for all kinds of stuff, such as ad buys, right? But no, you would be wrong. A lot of uh, radio ad buys um, are national. There are there are local ad buys, but a lot of a lot of that stuff is national, and a lot of that stuff has moved away from traditional media, and has shifted to more targeted platforms, uh, such as Google AdSense and Facebook advertising and stuff like that. And so the radio has actually seen a decrease in sales in the last couple of years, and. It's leaving them in a pretty bad position. Well, it's not only decrease in sales, right? It's probably also decrease in listenership. Sure, because because I mean, you can pick your for ten bucks a month, you can pick your own music on whatever you want. Like we were just on on Groove for ten bucks a month, you can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. There's not a lot of now. I have to say that when we're driving around the car and I like to flip between some of the FM radio stations because it seems like, oh, you know, it's like we're not using up data and, and it's like, hey, now I'm going to figure, you know, see what they have to put on. Mm-hmm. I had a very weird, you know, I wouldn't tell my experience, something very weird 
I heard heard about yesterday that was related to it's probably an iHeart radio station. Uh, my wife and I were talking to a friend of ours, and she was saying she got a text message on her phone, and she has signed up somehow that if the local like rock station is going to play a certain song that she likes, she gets a text message five minutes before, so huh. she can tune in. And I was like, that's really weird. First of all, if you really want to hear. Like I was, what what song was it that she really wanted to hear? Bringing on the heartbreak by Def Leppard, I think. Okay. So she could just put that on her phone, right? Right. <laughs> right. Could just put that. She could put an app uh, on her phone, like Groove Music, to listen to it. Uh, I don't know if they have it uh, or not, but you can put an app on it uh, to do it, or she could just get the MP3 of it and do it that way. But you know. The whole idea that like you're going to get a message from on your phone and like, oh, I gotta hear this song. <laughs> I'm gonna turn that, on the ra- let me go turn on the radio. I, it would seem very odd. That is so bizarre. Use of technology, like a very interesting that they decide that this would be something to alert you about. But on the other hand, like why? Yeah, and totally bizarre. Now, what if it's a pop station? And you just want to be alerted every time they play Katy Perry. Is your phone going to be buzzing all day? Like, probably. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I don't know. Very, very <laughs> odd situation. But apart from people who are just dying to hear it, and I asked her, I was like, "Why don't you just get the song on your phone? If this, if you want it, then you can listen to it when you want to." Right. She, she said, "Yeah, but sometimes people just want to listen to it on the radio," and I was thinking, like, why? Is there something magic about listening to it on the radio? I I, I don't I don't get it. But um, when you said that, I I heard uh, Family Guy on the radio. Yeah, sorry. So so you know, radio is kind of a dying medium, and and uh, I mean, there's a few things that people want that are original content. You know, talk shows and such that some people want. Uh, but you if know. you if you look at even if you look at the the talk radio stuff, um, uh, Rush Limbaugh probably the name in radio talk, right? E- even his stuff is available uh, through new media. You don't have to listen to it appointment style on the radio. You can listen to it on your own on your own time through a, a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something when you're in your car and it's like, I don't know what, you know, a lot of people don't have a good internet connection in their car or Bluetooth connect their phone. So if something's coming on the radio at a time that they're driving that they might actually just listen on the radio, that might apply to music too. But I think that um, music is such a commodity Mm -hmm. that like, how are you going to keep it going? I mean, do you remember a few years ago, I don't know, there was this huge controversy about Jack. Do you remember the Jack radio station? Or no. was it only here in New York that they had the big controversy? I don't know. It's not a it's not a brand that is doing anything for me. Okay, so I I wouldn't be surprised if I iHeartRadio t- to save money turned most of its stations into something like Jack. So what Jack was was they took um, like the oldie the, the oldie station around here in New York and they called it Jack and they rather than having a real dj they just had like an a computer program that sort of picked out uh-huh. what songs they thought people would like and and just announced them there was no actual human human being involved there is a platform for that that uh that we researched 
Our second CES, one of the Las Vegas stations had just adopted this platform. And it was fascinating. It may have been more complex than this particular one. There was the ability to vote for songs through an app and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there, there's a platform for that. There was a big backlash against Jack and they actually had to take it away. But, but I can see the concept that you're just going to have it be like, you know, software driven and then coming out of one place, you don't have to pay for all these DJs and, and all that stuff. Um, I could, I could totally see that happening. Um, unfortunately, because there is something about interesting about you have a local radio station. A local radio station is often really a community thing. Like, you know, my wife and I were at a concert last week, uh, and and the radio station had a booth outside. And then you go outside out of the concert, and you leave the concert. And you turn on the station, and they were playing the songs that were played at the concert. So that like while you're driving home, you could hear them. <laughs> but um, you know. So there, so there's something about having like a, a real local presence uh, that's cool, but it probably doesn't make any money. L.A., Seattle, Minneapolis, Nashville, and San Antonio are all using the Jack FM platform right now, just in case you're curious. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, if they're smart, they won't call it Jack because that's bad, rec bad reputation, but... You know, people keep talking about how artificial intelligence is going to replace a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, if playing uh, playing music on a radio station is is a likely one, if if they even continue to offer the service of playing music on a radio station, because you know, to your point, the advertising dollars are going away, and it does cost something. This company is fascinating. They're goofy. <laughs> Sorry. I just... Mm. It, it. I can see where a backlash to this would come from because, like you said, of the community aspect. But, boy, what a, an interesting group of people. Anyway. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens because if... If they continue to struggle, we could see... Uh, them sell off markets um, and this 850 plus station conglomerate could start to fall apart. Um, you might see them struggle to find buyers. It, it's not like a retailer, right? It's not like you can shut down a couple of underperforming stores and and help your your bottom line because in most cities, all of the the iHeartMedia stations are broadcast out of the same building. So it would actually <laughs> hurt the other stations <laughs> to have have the distributed cost then go across the other ones. So it's it's not like retail where you can just shut down underperforming stores. You have to kill off entire markets. So th this is a this is going to be a struggle. Um, my no matter what happens, my guess is that there is a shakeup coming to the terrestrial radio market because uh iheart has gotten so big yeah yeah i well i mean obviously you know it, it could you know it's been a market that's 
had a lot of things just technologically and culturally against it for a long time. You know, maybe the, even the talk radio is being killed by podcasts. Right. You know, people now listen to podcasts. So, so I don't know. I don't know how much, how much longer terrestrial radio has to go. It's, I, it's not inexpensive to be part of. Um, the hardware is expensive. The licensing is expensive. Um, there are a lot of companies that would love to get their hands on the spectrum <laughs> that are that are not, you know, radio broadcasters. There's a lot of companies that would be interested in getting a hold of the spectrum. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, it won't be for a little while. Um, we'll have to watch the next probably two quarters of iHeartMedia to see what they do. But um, I think there's a a big change coming to terrestrial radio. I just don't know what it's going to be. And it'll be yeah. fascinating to watch. So. I mean, there's a much stronger argument for like AM radio than there is for FM radio, I think, because like, if you're like, if you have a power outage or something and you know, like, or a natural disaster or something, you turn on the AM radio because hopefully there's a local station that's going to like keep you informed during a disaster. Mm -hmm. But FM their job is to play music, mainly. Mostly, usually, yeah. Mostly. So your lower numbers may uh, have some religious content. But you know, so is there really like with all the other ways people have to get music? Is it really a public service that people absolutely need to have? Right. Not really. And we will. We'll find out over the next 12 months yeah. if uh, if the rest of the country agrees with that. Uh, I wish th I wish them luck. I mean, there are some nice things about having a terrestrial radio. But Absolutely. I understand why there's challenges. It's easy to understand why there's challenges. For sure. Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you for joining us, whether you were with us live or uh, uh, subscribed. We appreciate it. Um, if you like the show, please tell people. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those places. Um, and let people know about the show. Um, because obviously that's how we grow. And we definitely appreciate it. Um, like we said, uh, we will not be on the air next Sunday. Because the following Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, our team will be in New Orleans for the Collision Conference. Uh, which we are all very excited about. Uh, it's, we haven't been since 2015, and it was a tremendous amount of fun then, and we're looking forward to doing it again. Uh, we'll have all kinds of fascinating content for you. Um, it'll be uh, our, our live broadcast style, so 15-minute uh, segments, uh, a new interview every 15 minutes for eight hours. Luckily, uh, we were smart enough to have three on-air talent this time and not two, so by the end of the broadcast, I will not be dead. Which is kind of what happened last time, because I even forgot to schedule for lunch. So, <laughs> we will have three on-air talent. We will be switching out throughout the day so that we can eat and breathe and all of the things that humans must do to get through a day. Um, so, uh, we will be on our normal live stream 
as well as all three of the Facebook pages, Plug It's Live, F5 Live, and Pilch Point. So uh, if you are following us on any of those, you will get an alert, and we will be active on social media as well. Uh, so definitely uh, watch us on Twitter and Instagram and all that. We've got some contests coming up uh, before, during, and after Collision, so watch for those as well, uh, likely on Twitter and Facebook. And um, yeah, so I guess... With that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you in two-ish weeks for this show, but we will see you in a little over a week uh, with Collision. Ciao.